For all of you who listen to Mackie Second Floor Studios Presents Submersion and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackie's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. All right, episode 26. Woo! And, Brom, you have a little introduction for us tonight, don't you? Sure. So, with uh, almost two months absent... Standing at six foot four, it is the Mustard Man, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love you, Mustard Man. Mustard Man. I'm closer to six shot. foot six, but okay. <laughs> I was just guessing. I knew you were taller well, than me, but I didn't know by how much. Well, I've missed you, Mustard Man. I, for one, missed you, and I love you, and I'm really glad that you're back with us. So, Alex, man, you're finally back. How you been? Doing great. Thank you. How are you? Dude, living life, loving life, man. Uh. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you weren't so happy to to be back. Okay, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh well, you know, it's just another job, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, this, you get volunteer credit hours for this. I'll sign your paperwork. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. It's a work release thing, right? Mm-hmm. I had the worst case of the Sunday night blues last night. Really? Dreading today, yeah. Oh, wow. Have <laughs> Wait, you, because of this? Oh, yeah. Did you, uh, have you gotten over your sickness yet? <laughs> uh, I'm doing a little better. A lot better than I was last week. You sound a lot better than last week. Thank you. And I'm even eating ice cream, which I'm allergic to, which is like recongesting me right now. Love wow. it. It's perfect. Live life on the Zach, how was your side. fourth, man? Say what? Oh, I was asking Zach how his fourth was. Asking me how my fourth of July was? Yeah. I was all right. <laughs> Did you watch some fireworks? No. No? The Did night before on July third, but not the fourth. I hate fireworks, so I didn't watch any. I find them very repetitive. They are They're just always the same. Yeah. Once you've seen so. them once, you've seen them kind of Kind of. Every it's time. always like, and here's the grand finale. I'm like, I've seen this grand finale like a whole bunch of times. A whole bunch of fireworks go up in the air at the same time. I don't know. It's an, I feel like it's an unpopular opinion. I say it sometimes, and people are like, "Wait, what? You don't like fireworks?" I'm like, "I'm not. I'm not a child. Like, I know what I know what's happening right now, man." Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just another way of just another form of entertainment. It's all. I mean, it I is. guess. <laughs> yeah, I see all these people streaming over to the fireworks. I'm like, I have no interest. I'm gonna watch uh, Inner Space tonight. <laughs> so. I got my own fireworks right here on my television. Boom. There we go. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's just get right into it. I think maybe we should. You, I feel like usually something happens here to signal that we're starting an episode. Um, you know, if we're really on Oh, game. but I just, for some reason, I shut my phone off. Oh, I see. Well, anyways. Time, 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 time. Perfect, bro. Yeah. <laughs> What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. 
Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. So, anyways. All right, Alex. Here we go, the classic, Alex. What movie did we watch? Oh, this, this man. is perfect too. Oh, I hope you guys watched it. Uh, it's uh, a 1987 film directed by Joe Dierte called Inner Space. Dierte? Are, are you shitting me? Don't try to chalk <laughs> it up. <laughs> Dear God. You know it's Joe Dirt. <laughs> we finally have a movie with a cocky hotshot airman. You would think, yeah, yeah. This would, this would have been definitely the top Top Gun reference. <laughs> but alas, he played it straight for the most part, other than saying Joe Don. Dante's name is Joe Dieté. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Produced by Steven Spielberg. His name was right on the front. I had no idea. It showed up. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Spielberg has something to do this? Crazy. Stars the sexy Dennis Quaid, the even hotter Martin Short, Meg Ryan. Looking Hercules. <laughs> no and Meg Ryan. <laughs> and Meg Ryan. Uh, this was like the heyday of Meg Ryan. And I will also say that Meg Ryan lives um, a lot of the time where I grew up. And so, you know, I used to see her around town and stuff like that. Right. For real? Yeah, yeah she'd be going out to lunch and stuff like that. And be like, hey, that's Meg Ryan, whatever. Would she uh, talk to you? Or she's like, no, oh, I've that's never, just one of my super fans. No, I've never said a word to her. Oh, okay. And then also, Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Right, who played <laughs> the bad guy? The bad guy. Oh, he's from UHF. I yes, love him. Yeah, I know he's the bad a, guy from UHF. That's what I saw him. I was like, "Where have I seen him?" And I'm like, "Oh, Weird Al movie." UHF. Yeah, Weird Al movie. I watched every. I think there was a time for like a year where I watched it every single day of my life. You know how kids like watch movies over and over. Yeah, and UHF yeah. was one of those films. For me. I did that with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, mine was UHF. I could. I used to be able to. Uh, and and um, what was it Little Shop of Horrors? Was another one that I watched a lot. Hmm. But. That was in our trivia on Tuesday. What, Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, it was like a little topic. It was everything started with little. Uh, I would have gotten it. What was it? What was the question? No, it was like it was like a lightning round where everything. It was like uh, five pictures. Oh yeah, no, and one was the Venus flytrap, which I knew that. I think I was the only one that knew that one, but oh. yeah, that was one of the. Five yeah. Answers. So, anyways, this this did get an Oscar for best visual effects. Um, and it's the only it it's the only Joe Dante film that actually got an Oscar, which is kind of interesting. Wow! In its own right, yeah, because he did Gremlins. You'd think maybe Gremlins would have gotten. Oh yeah, yeah, but no. Gosh, Gremlins is so great! Great yeah. Christmas movie. Do they have a horror, right. horror movie Oscar? What'd you say? Do they have a horror movie Oscar? They don't have any genre Oscars. Oh really? Could have swore they did. Nope, they do not. Best action film. Over the top, starring Sylvester Stallone <laughs> again for the third year in a row. <laughs> that movie is something else, man. Uh, yes, it is. I would force myself to watch it. <laughs> I think within the past year, it is rough. All, All right, right let's inner get space. Into this. All right, so we uh, open up, and it's we're in San Francisco, and we're we're thrown right into the speech that's being given to kind of celebrate all the flyboys, all these guys who are the test pilots for the latest and greatest technology. And we open though with someone who's getting a drink poured. A lot of it's supposed to be like, mm -hmm. "Oh wait, are we in the human body? Wait, what's going on?" And then it turns out, no, we're in this guy's glass uh, with all these ice, uh, all the ice, and he's getting whiskey. And he's like, oh, shit, where's the head? And he's going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And this speech is going on. 
And then he comes out of the bathroom, and who is it? Sexy as fuck, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> he is drunk as shit. Oh, yeah. He is super wasted, and he's basically coming out and being like, celebrating us. Like, oh, look at these guys. Like, good for you, all you guys. And it's clear that he ha- he's kind of like a has-been. He mm-hmm. was a great test pilot in the past, but he's a drunk. And... Everyone's kind of like, you should just hang up your stuff. But he's like, no way. I'm still like a test pilot. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense that he's doing stuff, but not with like the latest, greatest technology. So all the people they're celebrating are testing like this new stealth fighter. And he's clearly not. Right. And so anyways, he gets in a big fight with all these these test pilots. And then his girlfriend, Meg Ryan, who is a reporter, yes. kind of super embarrassed by this whole scene, comes back and kind of like rescues him, along with another guy who used to be a test pilot as well, who's become more of like an administrative person. Yep. You know? And they go ahead and Meg Ryan gets him back to his apartment. Yep. They bang it out all night. For sure. Because I mean, Meg, Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid- uh, when you have two people of that caliber in one place, they have to bone. Mm-hmm. It's actually a law in California. Wow. Yeah. Really impressive. It's one of those laws that n- most people don't follow, but I mean, clearly they were. Right. Yeah. Like those weird ones you hear about. Right. That you can't have like an alligator on a leash or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and another one is like two people who are like tens straight up have to bone. Interesting. Yep. So and then we, uh, so Meg Ryan does walk of shame out to a cab. Yep. And- Dennis Quaid is just in a towel, yep. and she closes the cab door, and it's got his towel in, and he's trying to get her to come back inside. The cab dries off, rips the towel off, and there he's, he is, bare ass naked. Yep, and you'd think this would be where we would see his dick, but we didn't, actually. No dick in this scene. Just butt. Yep, just butt. Like, a lot of butt, and it was great, and I was very happy to see it. But no dick. Interesting. And then this part didn't even matter. It just said two months later. Yeah, boom. I don't know. Actually, it was kind of funny. I even, <laughs> there was at one point in the middle of the movie where they're like, and then when two months, two months ago when you left, I was like, wait, what? And then I actually went back to the beginning of the film. I was like, oh yeah, they did say two months later. <laughs> it's like, such a weird thing that they decided to go two months. I mean, there's clearly for, in, as part of the plot, there's a reason why it's two months later, but like oh yes. in the whole grand scheme of the narrative it actually doesn't make a whole whole lot of sense no why it needs to be two months later because we basically pick up a little bit where we left off other than we're introduced to our our third character third main character which is martin short yes and he is a hypochondriac and he's at the doctor and he once again thinks something is wrong with him and he's having these recurring nightmares of this like orange-haired lady who is going through his checkout line because he's a grocer and everything gets ring, rung up way too high and she, he ends up getting shot by her. Well, yeah, because it totals over $1,000. She's over, like, way over Sonny, do you think I carry that kind of money on me? Pulls out this <laughs> tiny pistol, not even the size of like a pencil right. and just shoots him. Right. And so the doctor kind of is like, I love you. You keep my practice open because your weekly visits are what you know, you know, give me all my money. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you pay me a lot of money. But dude, you got to relax. Yeah. You you're got to give yourself a heart attack. Go on a vacation stat. That's my prescription. He writes on a little pad, vacation, and gives mm-hmm. it to him. And, and then it just kind of cuts back over to Dennis Quaid. Yep. And we see him walking into this He's heading lab. into his experiment. It's, it's and the big he looks day. like a rock star. Oh, yeah. I mean, he really, really talking about Top Gun, he's looking like a Top Gun. He's got he his like jacket on. And he's like, what does he do? He looks in the mirror and he goes like, Something so Jack Pendle or whatever Pendleton, right? Tuck. Like, Tuck Pendleton, like, you know, p- 
per- perfection or something, whatever he says into the mirror. I forget what it is. He even like, invents the selfie with somebody, like yeah, takes a yeah. camera. I from actually someone. noticed that too. I was like, wait, were selfies a thing? This is so crazy. Yep. I guess maybe they were. But yeah, so he's he like is. he like makes that with one of the lab techs. He like takes a picture with someone. And they're it's clearly like a small lab, but they're doing this experimental thing and he's he's been studying up on rabbits. And you find out why. He's gonna be miniaturized and put into a rabbit for some Unknown reason. I'm not sure they even necessarily spell out exactly what the no, experiment was supposed to be. they're just doing it. Yeah. But he's going in a submersible. Yeah. I guess he was supposed to control the rabbit, right? Because that was the whole thing of having the eyes and then the ears and stuff like that. And he has the capability of tapping into the brain structure. I guess they so, never really said why. Yeah. Like in the whole movie? No, I'm saying about the rabbit. Like what exactly he was doing with the rabbit. Or like what was the point of the experiment? Well, I think they're planning to use this against like enemies, like be able to miniaturize you your, you and inject you into uh, a Russian or whatever, and then you're able to control and pilot the Russian is kind of where they're going. But they never really it. controlled Ooh. and piloted someone. They only talked to him and saw through his eyes. Wait, so right. I guess, whoa, whoa, I guess whoa, whoa, be, whoa, what are you doing? Oh, oh well, anyways. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess that would be for spying. You could spy by like looking through someone's eyes, right? Like you right. got injected into this. But anyways, uh, he gets, so they're doing this whole experiment. He's kind of, uh, there's a, a key aspect to this is that you need two different micro trips in order to miniaturize and then deminiaturize. So right. You need the one, one on the does, outside yep. and the one on the inside. So you need both of them in place to miniaturize and you need both of them to expand or whatever right well, i guess you need one of them no i think there's just the two chips you need different the one, things yeah, one yeah. shrinks one, one grows yeah and so the one in the submersible oh and this is truly is a submersible this time it's not a submarine right. this is a submersible uh the one in the submersible will enlarge and the one outside the lab in the lab will shrink it down mm-hmm. and so they do the experiment they shrink them down and they're like getting ready to put them into the rabbit and all of a sudden a bunch of uh industrial spies i'm not really sure exactly they weren't working for a government they were se- right. going to sell it to other governments so they're i guess they're arms dealers of sorts mm-hmm. they bust into the lab and they're like taking people out with these sprays kind of like spraying people in the face yeah taking them out and the head scientists kind of realize what's happening and hides and when he's discovered he runs real quick with a syringe out of the lab Runs all the way down the highway, basically, like, a, yeah, and into a mall where Martin Short is buying his uh, tickets for the uh, cruise at a travel agent. Yeah, and right before he gets shot, the scientist gets shot dead, and he injects Martin. Well, Short. so there's also this weird guy that we never learn the oh, name. Oh, yeah, of. no, we do. We, they, they say the name of him, right? Oh. You're talking about the guy with the. I love the that hand. they just called him the bad bad guy. You're talking about Ego, right? Igo. Is that his name? That's the guy with the hand that he screws oh, yeah. on and off. Yeah. Yeah. He can interchange his hand and yeah. he's able to, he shoots the scientist with his finger. Mm-hmm. He's able to do a lot with that hand when we find uh, out later in this oh, movie. Oh yeah, boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that scene. Oh, that the scene. ladies love, the ladies love ego. I go, <laughs> ego, whatever. Yeah. Multi-purpose. For sure. You got one of those, Zach? One of those robotic hands? Yeah. yeah. That you Mine, can do anything with? No, it finally broke after two weeks. Cause you have a you you have a hook hand, right? Like one of your you've missed you're missing a hand, right? Well, I I lost my hook. I don't know. I was um, in Walmart. Probably got lost in a cereal box. Sure. Well, that happens. I mean, I have my peg leg. Everyone knows that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, such is life. Anyways, he's injecting you, and he has and Dennis Quaid now is like no idea where he is. He's kind of like in this thing. He's like, what's going yeah. on? What's going on? Like. You know, where am I? And he realized, okay, I got to use my tools. They're, like the, his computer system's like 
accounting for my environment. He's like, why do you have to account for the environment? He thinks he's in the the rabbit, mm-hmm. but in reality, he's in Martin Short. And so he's like, oh, I can tap into the eyes and I can tap into his ears and figure out like kind of where I am. Yeah. And, and this, so this stuff is funny. Yeah. So Martin Short, as he's before he's doing that or when he's about to do that, Martin Short goes back to work. He's like had this experience and he's kind of like a little nervous now. He's a hypochondriac and he goes to work and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm late. I'm sorry, I'm late. It's the craziest thing happened to me. And he starts bagging and his dream comes to life, which is weird. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was. Well, just because he needed to have the panic attack. So he's freaking out. But, so why, but how is does he, how does he have premon, exact premonition of an event that's going to happen in his life? Dude, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I guess it is it's called deja vu and it's called movie magic. And yes. we just got, I just got to buy into it. So the lady with the orange hair shows up. Yep. And she comes through with the, and he's already nervous and she starts coming through with the groceries and Dennis Quaid Tuck is inside Martin Short and, and he's he needs doing to, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He needs to like send out these electromagnetic pulses to try to reboot the system or something. Yeah. And it starts screwing with the scanner and yeah. all the prices are through the roof. So the reason why in his dream all the prices were really super high is actually because Dennis Quaid was doing it with <laughs> yeah. his body. When Dennis Quaid's inside my body. I'm going to freak out. Yeah. And so then he freaks out because it turns out the gun is, it's not really a gun. It was a lighter. The woman's going to smoke yeah. in the grocery store. Talk about 1988, am I right? 1987 right. or whatever. Uh, not happening today. Probably vaping in the grocery store. Um, and then, uh, and so they sit him down. He like freaks the fuck out. And so his boss sits him down and is like, you got to get, go on vacation, get out of here. I love you as like a son, but like, you got to get out of here. And then at this point and, also, Dennis Quaid has made his way up to the yeah. eye and he shoots this like grappling hook into the back of Martin Short's eyes. Yeah. He just starts screaming. Yeah. And so he figures out, oh shit, I'm in this human being. Like mm-hmm. I can see out of this human being's eyes. I'm in a man. And then he goes into and taps into his ears and is able to start talking to him. Yeah, clamps something on him. Yeah, yeah. So he, so Martin Short's made it back to his apartment at this point. And no, he's going. He's going to the doctor. Oh, he went back to the doctor. Really, That's right. Yeah. And this this is where probably my favorite lines in this entire movie start coming out. So he's sitting down there and he's freaking out because he can hear these voices and there's other people in the office. He's like, "Can you hear those?" Like, what are you talking about? No, we can't hear him. Oh yeah, that's right. Somebody's yeah. like, "Are you feeling all right? Would I be in a doctor's office if I was feeling all right?" And then. Dennis Quaid keeps talking to him and he stands up and just screams. He's like, I'm in here inside you, inside your body. Oh God. Somebody help me. I'm possessed. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes into the doctor and the doctor's sitting there talking to him for a while. And he's like, Uh, good news, Jack. I think we can rule out demonic possession right off the bat. But this little voice is talking to me. See, that proves it. Demons talk through you, not to you. What are you, deaf? Tell him! Just relax, Jack. Let's see what's going on in here. Ah! I'm blind! Oh, God! Now it's talking about God. Jack, you seem to be experiencing some sort of theistic hysteria. How do you treat that? Well, the, uh... Medieval remedy was to flay the skin off your body with brands of fire. I have no idea what the current thinking is. <laughs> and so Martin Short heads back to his apartment. He's kind of telling himself like uh, theistic, whatever, like I'm, I guess that's not real. It's all in my head. So I just have to like calm down. I better like, start watching TV. Yeah. So he turns on the TV and Dennis Quaid keeps on talking to him and kind of convinces him that he's actually this person inside his, his body. Mm-hmm. And, 
all of a sudden he gets like a package shows up and the guy comes in and it's it's clearly they've been tracking i go has been like tracking uh him they had pictures of him as pretty obviously being where the submersible ended up going into and so they're like tracking him and uh when this package shows up dennis quaid is like this doesn't make any sense get the fuck out of there like they're here to kill you and so he gives him kind of like super strength or something like that. Uh, he, just, right? he, he just motivates him. He's right, able to yeah. help him fight his fears. That's true. Yeah. And so then he is able to kind of beat up this guy and get, get out of his apartment mm-hmm. and run, a, run away real quick. And he's able to take, where does he go from here? Because he ends up getting Tuck's car, right? How does he end up with Tuck's car? Well, no. Oh, he so first he goes back to the lab. That's right. You got to go to the lab. You got to go to the lab. They're going to know what to do. Yeah. But then they're missing that second chip to enlarge him. And then people at the lab are like, well- we can't do anything. Like right. maybe we can use him. Maybe That's we can right. use Jack to lure them out and Tuck's going to die inside right. his body yeah. unless we get it back by 9 a.m. But that's a chance we're willing to take. Yeah, that, that becomes a big motivating factor is like they're basically like, let's be realistic. There's no way we get this trip back in time to rescue Tuck because he's going to run out of oxygen mm-hmm. by the time we actually can realistically get the second trip back. So let's just use him to kind of like start tracking these bad guys yeah. and pick it, pick it up. And so Tuck's like, you know, fuck that. Like, get out of here as well. Run away. Take my car. It's outside. And get my jacket. You're going to look boss in it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Go back to his apartment. Right. And Tuck needs a drink. And Jack does not drink. <laughs> it's weird, so too. Like, so what are you going to do? So he just, he's like, don't worry, man. Go ahead and pick up that handle and take a big pull off of it. And so uh, Tuck, who's Dennis Quaid, slits a... He cuts a slit or something yeah, in his esophagus and um, sticks his tiny flask out on this robotic arm and is able to fill up his liquor uh, flask with Martin Short drinking it. Yeah. And it was all, it was Southern Comfort, which I found very strange. Who drinks Southern Comfort? Soco Limes, baby. Hey, hey, yeah. yeah. I just don't know. <laughs> we used I to just drink don't that. Even, I mean, used to. That's the operative word is used to drink that. I got it for somebody uh, we know, Adam and uh, oh. his wife and- uh, what, like when you were out or something like that? Yeah, when we were yeah, out, right. and they were cursing me for it the next day. Well, I can imagine. It, <laughs> it's like candy, kind of like candy liquor or something. It's for like college kids. I remember drinking it as a college kid because it tasted like okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I just found it kind of funny that this alcoholic was like, Southern Comfort's my drink. Um, and so anyways, uh, I, you know, they he so he's getting drunk. He's kind of dancing around, letting loose a little bit. Like Martin Short's kind of like learning how to let loose a little bit. And yeah. at this point- uh, Tuck's like, you got to go find my girlfriend, Meg Ryan. Yep. Lydia's Lydia, name. the uh, reporter, because she'll kind of, she'll know what to do. And they cut over to her and then she, somebody mentions that somebody they've been tracking for a while who's involved in all these different dealings um, is in town. His name's yeah. the Cowboy. Right. And you see him and he's a total badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's pretty hilarious. Yeah. He this is. is also when we get the brief cutaway to, I go, you know- Basically, using strapping a vibrator onto his uh, his robotic arm or whatever, and uh, and pleasuring the main bad guy lady, (laughs) (laughs) which was hilarious. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; that was just like it was funny, so weird. There's no point to it. It's like 1980. Like, whoa, what? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Now, Alex, did you make it to that scene at least? No, goodness, no. I stopped. You didn't get to the part where he straps, puts a mechanical like, no, vibrator onto No, when he put that his... flask out through the, through the esophagus or whatever and was catching the liquor, I was like, 
what am I doing with my life and stopped watching? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you were so close. Yeah, uh, you're really close to well, it. Well, it's you know, it's probably still pulled up right now. I can watch it. You guys yeah, well, you can do, do it later. Um, do it, yeah, do it later when we're not on the. We don't want to hear what happens next. And so, uh, <laughs> speaking for myself. Uh, and so then, um, he find they find Lydia on the street, right? Like he's in the car, and so Lydia recognizes Tuck's car. He's like, what are you doing in Tuck's car? He's like, well, I'm Tuck's friend, and Tuck's in trouble. Like, you got to get in. And um, at this point, Tuck's so overwhelmed by the sight of Lydia that he pulls out his dick in the submersible. And I was like, it's just weird. Why do I have to do this? Like, yeah. I understand that he's captain. He's the only person in the submarine. Yeah. You're already in a man. Yeah. Like, come on. This That's just weird. No, not necessary. But they did it anyways. And they kept on it for like 30 minutes, whatever. They did. Yep. And then, uh, so then he's trying to convince her that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Martin Short's character is trying to convince her that he's kind of like an in-between for some kind of hostage situation. Yeah. So they end up going to lunch and he's trying to convince her of this. Like, no, no, no. Like he's okay. We just need to figure out where this thing is. We need to figure out who has this chip and then he'll be okay. We just need to get in contact with them. But she's not buying Not it. at all. And she's so a good, he, good reporter. I guess he goes into idea. the bathroom real quick yeah. and he's using the urinal. Now, this is great. And he's just like, he's talking to Dennis Quaid yeah. and there's this guy who's in there like, what the hell is going on? Because he's sitting there it looks like he's looking down at his, his junk. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this guy walks by. He's like, just play with it. Don't talk to it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, one of the things is like, uh, he's like, oh, I'm just because I'm small. And it's like, what's wrong with being small? You yeah. won't be small forever. <laughs> I, I like the subtle joke after he peed and he flushed and he was just like, talk. <laughs> Are you still there? He's like, just he's making like, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as he's coming out though, I go, uh, knocks him over the head and takes him out the back and throws him into a van and drives away. And so Lydia's trying to follow it, follow them a- away from there. And so he's in this frozen truck and Tuck's like, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, I'm freezing in here. And so they get to the end and here's where we finally see our main bad guy, Kevin McDonald, or was it Kevin McCarthy? And, yes. um, the bad guy from UHF. And he comes in and basically like, you're going to make me millions. He somewhat explains the plan, which is like, they just, this is weapons. It's, They're yeah. selling it to weapons. There's a guy coming in and you know, you, you're the key to it. And so we're going to get this thing out of you. And who cares if you dies, whatever. We need you alive until we can get this sub- submarine out of you. And so submersible. It's submersible. Sorry. Life. Sorry. And then, uh, so then he starts driving, they start driving away and the bad guy's like, no, no, I'll stay back here with him. And starts, telling him like long-winded stories of his life in a way. And uh, once again, Dennis Quaid is like, you got to get psyched. You got to get the fuck out of this truck or else you're going to die. And so he like psychs himself up and stands up and busts through the doors of the truck and flies out, but they're like speeding down the highway. Mm-hmm. And so he, it's one of those classic scenes. He's kind of swinging on the back of this truck and Lydia's driving the car behind. And so like you have the chance to get into the car, but all of a sudden the door swings op- over and a truck comes over and then, you know, uh, he almost gets hit. And then in the end, Martin Short, despite being Martin Short, is able to like fall into this car. He is. Yeah. And then, um, so now Lydia believes him and they want to meet up with the cowboy because the cowboy is going to make some kind of drop. So yeah, they're the, the, the person, the bad guys are in contact with to sell the weapon is a guy named Cowboy. Yep. And so the cowboy is coming in from some European country. Somewhere. Yeah. But he likes to apartheid down out at the uh, clubs in San Francisco where so, it all takes place. And so they get a, a hotel room right next to him. 
Yes, and Meg Ryan's going to strut her stuff and try to lure the cowboy in. And boy, howdy, does she, because they yeah. had to end up at the club. And not only that, Martin Short sees her co-worker, who's kind of like snuffed him the whole time. Yeah, they were supposed snubbed to have him, a sorry, date. Sorry, not snuffed him, my yeah. God. Uh, I know, <laughs> snubbed him. And uh, they were supposed to have a date, and she kind of blew him off. And yeah. now she sees him in like tucks clothes and is like, my God, you're looking sexy. And I was like, wow, that's those clothes look really like norm core like normal yeah <laughs> it's just like not interesting at all and then uh did you did you guys pick up on what the stuff she was saying to him it oh, was yeah. so funny oh, she's like, like how i probably slept with everybody in the supermarket yeah. except for you it's and like, you're the depressing. only one i really yeah. like yeah but then like, Meg Ryan, the my, my favorite line from this whole scene is that the uh the cowboy leans into meg ryan and oh, goes, yeah. i only have two rules uh one what was the first one he's like <laughs> he's like one I make love with my boots That's on. Right. I make love with my boots on. And then he gets number two and he whispers in her ear and she looks just so disgusted. <laughs> I tried to find online yeah. what it was. And people claimed it had something to do. It was, it was hinted at later in the film, which is that he, they claim that the line was, I have a high tolerance for pain, especially in my balls. Like oh, they, that would make sense. That's what they claimed. but And that would make sense for why she was discussing stuff. But it all seemed like vague and, and not like su- substantiated by right. anything s- solid. So m- people may have been just making a joke. Yeah. Anyways, so she totally nabs the cowboy. They head out. Martin Short chases after them to make sure everything's okay. And he, he's kind of like falling in love with Lydia as well at the same time. So he goes over to the cowboy's uh, hotel room. is like, there's no way you're sleeping with her and like knocks him out. Yes. And then Lydia comes over and was like, I wasn't sleeping. I'm just over here. Like, yeah. I was waiting for you so we could then come go over and like get the-, the Whatever they Whatever, whatever we're going to do. And so they tie him up and yeah. then Dennis Quaid is somehow able he to uses turn- uses this crazy technology. Yeah, to um, turn Martin Short's face into the cowboy. We right. got a, a real face-off situation going on here. Literally, yeah. yes. And, uh, that, was, that was my least favorite part of the movie. It was real weird, I, although I loved yeah. the practical effects on this one. Oh, shit. We are not even close. <laughs> uh, we're getting there. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so I actually really love the practical effects, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Uh, but yeah, the practical effects of him turning into this other person is uh, done by a world-famous um, artist. All right. Uh, so well, We got to speed it through this. Yep. <clears throat> so anyways, they pretend, he, he now looks like the cowboy, so they go to the drop and talk to the bad guys the bad guys are basically like we don't have this other chip but we have this one chip and they're like we don't care we just want this chip kind of pretending like oh no we'll just give them a taste because that's one they need the other one yeah they need it anyway that's all they need and so but as they're trying to do it the disguise falls apart like his gold tooth falls out of his mouth so like the gambit's up and all of a sudden uh they kind of like go after him but all of a sudden his he gets shot what happens something happens he has like they're gonna they're gonna hurt him oh yeah that's right and then he freaks out and the adrenaline goes haywire and turns his face back into martin short's face and so now they know and everyone's like holy shit and so they try to escape real quick but they can't do it and they are able to capture meg ryan and him yep and then through some kind of crazy whereabout or turn of events uh meg ryan and martin short are down in this little prisoner area yep. and martin short wants tuck to turn off he's yeah, like he wants give to- me a second give me give me some privacy and then he kisses meg ryan yeah and then he's um dennis quaid switches over into meg ryan's body yeah i feel like he it's the idea is like martin short realizes like they really it's not gonna happen like mm-hmm. she's hung up on on tuck and tuck's hung up, hung up on her but 
he feels so much and he's he's feeling more than he's ever felt before and he wants to at least you know kiss her that one time yeah so he kisses her that one time and ends up transferring tuck over to her although we don't know it at the time right we don't know it yeah. and neither does uh the bad guys yeah neither does tuck and so he finally discovers that he's in lydia when he sees a baby he sees a baby so she's pregnant with his baby and that's Allegedly. that's one part of it and then the other part of it is martin short is taken to this lab by the bad guys and i go is uh shrunk <laughs> in this like weird crazy like mechanical person suit and injected into him so now Tuck's in Lydia, but this bad guy is in Martin Short. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, he is able to escape in the end. They're able to g- free him because mm-hmm. uh, Tuck is able to help uh, Lydia figure out how to uh, how to get out of there, right? She kind of like shocks, oh, inadvertently shocks the person who comes to like check on her or whatever. Yep. And then she escapes, is able to free Martin Short. They shrink the bad guys to like half size. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. It was really funny. And then they, they kind of, they jet out of there. Well, they kiss also and then switch back eventually. Yeah, which is a bad idea. Cause now Dennis Quaid has to deal with this bad guy. Yes. When, if they had just stayed in Lydia, he wouldn't have had to deal with that at and all. And the bad guy's screwing him up real bad. He's like drilling into his air tanks, yeah. cutting cords and stuff. So, um, Dennis Quaid's air supply is running out real fast yeah. and things are in a dire situation. And so he gets he gets uh, Martin Short to be real nervous and uh, get his like stomach acid up so that he's able to drop the bad guy into the stomach acid. And it kind of harkens back to a joke they made earlier, which is like, if you are careful and I run out of air, do you want do you want some little tiny skeleton floating around you forever? And he's like so freaked out by that. That's what kind of motivates him to start <laughs> yeah. helping Tuck. And, then and now he actually does have a small little skeleton person inside his <laughs> his body. So, anyways, they're driving away, and and they. <laughs> The little people bad guys also are like in the car they've I gotten mean, into. They're and probably so, like two and a half foot tall or something. And so there's a, there's a whole scene of them kind of like messing with that. But it doesn't come to anything because they just crash on the beach. And then uh, Tuck's friend, the the other former test pilot, kind of picks them up and is able to take them over to the lab. Yeah. And they're so, able to get him extracted. And just at the very last moment, they're able to get him out. And, so, and similar to Fantastic Voyage, it's like, how are they going to get this guy out? Uh, we can't can't like pick him up blah, blah blah but it's like oh wait martin short is allergic to hairspray who has hairspray and so he gets hairspray and he's able to sneeze and he sneezes dennis quaid right onto a dude's glasses a guy's glasses i would freak out and so then they're able to get dennis quaid into the thing enlarge him again and he's saved he is and then tuck and lydia dennis quaid and meg ryan get married oh yeah and they drive away but who's their limo driver it's the cowboy oh, yeah. he's loading some really heavy bag in the back and it's the two people. of those two and a half foot people. The really tiny people. Yep. And uh, just at the last moment, Martin Short, who you would think, oh, well, maybe he's just going to go back to his job. Nope. He's like high on the life of almost like a secret agent and decides, you know what? I don't want my job anymore. I want to go. I got to help them. I just realized that the cowboy was driving that limo. So I'm going to drive after them and save the day. And so that's the end of the movie. He's driving away and he's saving the day. That's it. Yeah. It's a long movie, all things considered, being a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Took a little longer than expected. Yeah. Alex, now it's been so darn long since you've done this. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to have uh... – I can't make Brom go first. Well, I I mean, I can make it easy for you. I only watched like an hour of the movie because I (laughs) thought it was stupid. (laughs) So Yeah. uh, Out of what I did watch, I think I maybe only laughed at like one or two things. 
didn't care for the story and I'll rate it like a two out of, are we still doing 12 inches for the subs? Like yep. two inches? Yeah. yeah. No, we actually, we actually change it to a uh, 35 inch subs. Oh wow. Like a party sub. Okay. Yep. Basically like a party <laughs> sub. Yeah, all right. Well, still doesn't change my answer. Still giving it like a two. Then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just did not like it. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. No, no, just wasn't my thing. All right, man. Zach, how about you? You know, the movie, like, God, I almost turned it off at the 30-minute mark because I was like, this is not – like, I, I didn't even know it was supposed to be a comedy. I didn't think it was good. I can't take Dennis Quaid as this macho man guy. I just don't – I don't know. I didn't, didn't believe in his acting at all. But then once I realized, I was like, okay, this is trying to be a comedy. And mm-hmm. then – Almost every scene with Martin Short, I started to laugh at because I like Martin Short. So I managed to get through it. I like some of those funny lines, like we talked about to the, um, when he was in the doctor's office, the robot guy's hand. I thought that stuff was funny. I thought it was funny at the end when Martin Short tra- transformed his face into the cowboy, and then he was like freaking out and it was transforming back, and they had some crazy ass animations going on yes. and the one the bad guy boss was just like oh god please don't I'll, i'm sorry i'll just stop and he just kept apologizing <laughs> to him that fire was cracking me up but i would never watch this again and i was slightly amused i'll give it a three and a half okay wow these are way lower than i was ever thinking yeah me too uh all right uh brahm you want to go sure uh, I think it's, I think it's been said, you know, it was, it was pretty stupid. It was pretty long for a comedy. Uh, but I, I, I was like, I enjoyed it. I wasn't rooting for the movie to, to get over with and in any hurry. Um, and I, I may never, you know, come back to watch it again, but what I did see, I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, this was a golden age for, you know, comedic actors like, Martin Short and Steve Martin, Billy Crystal and guys like that. And we're sort of catching the tail end of, you know, their, their time, you know, in acting and even really on this earth as they're getting very old. So, I mean, it was cool to go back and see, uh, uh, a Martin Short movie and this probably wasn't his best, but I, I again, I enjoyed it and I'm going to give it a six. All right. Very nice. All right. So I'm going to go next. Okay. I remember seeing this film on comedy central all the time when I was a kid and watching it and then stopping watching it. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm not super into this whole eighties kind of comedy. I will say this time watching it when I just like, focused for this podcast, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Um, I also want to throw out there that that makeup scene when the guy, when he transforms into the cowboy mm-hmm. is done by one of the greatest um, makeup and special effects persons uh, of in history. So that was actually Martin Short. That wasn't the actor who played the cowboy with a wig on? Oh, no, no, no. That that was him. I'm saying the transition. The CGI the, the, transition. At, when he, oh, yeah. gotcha. So yeah, when it he transitioned, that's- It actually was very good. Like, I was, was really pra- impressed with that. It was practical that. effects done by a guy named Rob Botton. And Rob Botton did the effects for The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is my favorite movie ever. And uh, you sh- if you haven't seen The Thing, like, watch it. Because the special effects of that are- insane it is nuts and you get a little taste of it here as i was watching i was like wait is this a rob Botton thing like because it's very distinctive what he does hmm. and this was pretty obviously something uh, some of his work or whatever he was like the premier special effects artist at the time right i mean I, in my opinion he was just like 
crazy good an artist. And so that was pretty cool to see. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, those special effects were amazing. It just didn't make any sense. Like that right. is the technology. <laughs> if you can just change someone's face like that, how how yeah. is that not what the whole movie's about? <laughs> but <laughs> Good but yeah, point. it's actually did, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did, uh, but I did enjoy it more than I more than I thought, and uh, I'm gonna get a six six and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll go last then. So for this movie, I found it very hilarious, especially the scene. I I was just literally sitting down laughing so hard when he stood up and screamed i'm possessed i was just <laughs> losing it over that <laughs> and uh, he just like threw his hands down turned his head to the side and did it and uh this also had things that i had previously mentioned in the fantastic voyage episode that i wanted like two people or two submersible type situations yeah, sure, inside yeah. a person Didn't battling it, i wish it would happen a little bit more yeah. It was kind of crazy and it was it was a little weird. And I wish it was an, another submersible, not not a little weird right. like Metroid Prime type suit. Yeah, and also weird that uh he was kind of like the transition from Martin Short to Lydia and then back to Martin Short because like Cuz what is he up in the tongue? It's just a so sh- it was a little strange. And then then he goes he is able to see a baby and then get back up to the mouth and leave the mouth again. Like it was yeah. crazy. Like he went in and was all of a sudden was disoriented. Yeah. Was down in her uterus and then back up in her mouth like five mm-hmm. seconds later to get kissed Wait, back that's into That's where him. babies are? <laughs> Aren't babies in a uterus? Oh, sorry, in her butt. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there <laughs> yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah, so all that stuff, it was, that was kind of odd, but to me, this was a comedy movie. It was funny. It had those things I wanted. I'm going to go ahead and give it like a seven. Ah, see, I feel like I was going to I was gonna give it a seven and everyone else was like shitting on it yeah. and I didn't go with my gut and now you swap in and like got my gut. Yeah, I got you, man. Yeah, man. I still want my gut. My gut. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I'm the brain, but sometimes you got to go with the gut. Sometimes your head says something, and you got to be like, "No, no, no, I'm going with my gut." Man, I hope we don't change anybody's name on the intro to the gut <laughs> or the heart. I'm not also go. Sometimes, sometimes I go with my heart too. Kyle. Yeah. The gut. Sometimes I go with my heart. Uh, sometimes I go like most of the time I'm going with my brain, but like I don't know. Sometimes my brain lies. Hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Alas. What do you got for trivia? <clears throat> All right. Uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan met on this this set, and they end up getting no, married. No, they did not. Yes, they did. They end up getting married. They were married from 1991 to 2001. Wow. And they collaborated on two other films. They actually collaborated almost immediately after this film on a on DOA, which I've never heard of, and then they collaborated later for a film called Flesh and Bone, which I've also never heard of. Weird. Luca Bercovici was originally cast as Ego and actually shot the scenes for the movie. Uh, but he was replaced because when they watched it, he is actually a similar size and stature to Martin Short. And they felt like it was very strange to have the bad guy be a similar size to Martin Short, who's a very small person. So hmm. they, they replaced him. All right. So after the bad guys, Scrimshaw and Kanker, I guess that's, those are the names, uh, <laughs> really? sh- I guess, are shrunk 50%. Um, those scenes uh, where they interact with full-size actors were actually done with forced perspective, kind of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So the car, the rear of the car is actually twice as large as a normal car seat, a car back, and was about 20 feet away from the actors. Really? So a giant car, yeah. And during the scene- a bunch of half-size hands and double-size heads were used for some of like the grappling scenes. 
<laughs> so this way they didn't actually have to composite any two two separate shots together it was all done with that kind of hobbit slash lord of the rings force perspective which i made a joke of last time of things being done yeah. with force perspective yeah. this actually was this time it's really weird how it's all coming together here <clears throat> this is the only as i said this is the only film directed by joe dante to win an academy award it won visual effects award at one point john carpenter was attached maybe that's how botten became involved uh because he did work with carpenter a bunch hmm. um uh, but he ended up not not doing the film, and then Robert uh, Zemeckis was also offered the gig, which makes sense because I think uh, Spielberg, a number of times, was kind of like interacting with Zemeckis as he was coming up in his career. All right, so here's the lightning round, guys. So instead of the normal thing where I just say like a few actors, this is going to be lightning round style. So who wants to participate? Because there's only three of them, so only three people can participate. Oh man. Anyways, I'll sit out. Okay, Mustard Man's got to. Okay, so Mustard Man, you're going to start, right? Okay. This right. is Lightning Round. These are actors who were apparently, allegedly, considered for the role that Martin Short played, Jack okay. Cutter. Okay. So just give me a yes, no, or a I don't know who that is. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So Steve Martin. Yeah. Rick Moranis. Uh, yeah. Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah. Charles Grodin. No. <laughs> Howie Mandel. No. Bill Bill Murray. Yes. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. John Candy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the one. Chevy Chase. Yes. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, no. A little old. John Lithgow. No. John Goodman. No. Wow. Mel Gibson. No. Bill <laughs> <laughs> Gibson was gonna be Martin Short guy. As it says, uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, Joe Pesci. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was pretty good. There's a, there was a, probably like six different ways you said yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for sure yeah. we all know it's John, yeah. John Candy. Candy. Hell yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> and then probably Joe Pesci. <laughs> so who yeah. wants to do who who wants to do Tuck Pendleton? Who's the Tuck. other one other than him? It's going to be uh, Meg Ryan's part. Uh, I don't care. Uh, okay. So, br- okay, Brom, That's you're going to do uh, Chuck Pendleton. Okay. So, this okay. is our this is our hot shot. Uh, hot pilot. shot. Yep. Okay. Kurt Russell. And you said how many uh, how many of these do we know that they were actually were? This is all the things on IMDb's trivia as claiming that they were considered. Yeah, is there the like one. a number of others? Like, is there like four of these like 10 or whoever? Is, it some, is there a number like that? Or do I not, do I not get to know that? These were these were all considered for the role. Oh, they they were all. Con- I I must have misunderstood. That's what I am. I am to be claimed that all of these actors were considered for this role. And I have to tell you whether I think they actually could have pulled it off. Yes, that whether gotcha. you would have would have liked them in the role. That's what okay. I just did. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly I, 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 thought, I thought it was. I thought it was a quiz. Like you had to guess the people. No, nope, and I were... was trying to set it up so that we weren't doing this for the listeners. Sorry, listeners. Brom totally. <laughs> Fucked it up. <laughs> like usual. Don't worry, I got all the Climb into right. that. Okay, we haven't done this in a while, but climb into that torpedo tube. Before you start, climb into that cor- torpedo tube, and you can do it from the torpedo tube, okay? I'm tired of being in the torpedo tube. Get, get in it. Okay. Okay. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yes, absolutely. Kevin Costner. Yes. Patrick Swayze. No. Bruce Willis. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm, no. Sylvester Stallone. No. What? 
Okay. Anyways, Mel Gibson <laughs> apparently also considered for this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Harrison Ford. Yes. Michael Keaton. Yes. Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard Gere. No. Jeff Bridges. Yes. Tommy Lee Jones. No. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. John Travolta. No. Our boy, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Nice. I can't believe you hesitated. I know. I was thing. like, that's <laughs> way God. too long. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I know. I was thinking about if I want to say he's actually my favorite that you've named so far. I, was, I would be either him or actually I really like Mel Gibson. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Uh, you're like, oh, I need a level of fucking anti-Semitism real quick for this role. <laughs> uh, Richard Dean that's Anderson. exactly what I was thinking. Richard Dean Anderson? I don't know that one. Yeah, the first one that I was like, I don't know that one either. Uh, Don Johnson. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. No. Stephen Lang. Uh, I don't think I know that one. Okay. Well, I he, yeah, I, he's, he's like a little... No, I've seen him in a bunch of bad movies. Uh, Liam Neeson. No. John Goodman. As jo- no. As Tuck Boy, Pendleton. Are you serious? That is what this claims. Okay, this is IMDb. They could be totally wrong, but that's crazy. John Goodman <laughs> kissing on Meg Ryan. That's weird. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot uh, about that. There'd be a romance here between. There would be. All right. So, okay. <clears throat> Finally, Zach, you can do uh, Meg Ryan's ones. Fantastic. So, this is all going to be women, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Jody Maybe. Foster. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Nah. Really? Okay. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Nah. Love Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Karen Allen. Don't know who that is. Uh, main, main actress in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay. Nah, nah. Beverly D'Angelo. Um, don't know that one either. Uh, wife in Vacation. Oh, National no. Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, you know who she is. Yeah, okay. I know exactly who that is. I mean, 87. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Back then, yeah. Sigourney Weaver. Ooh, I love her, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Ugh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't have to be insulting. Uh, oh, the, I will be. <laughs> I can be critical. The Abysses, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. No. Linda Hamilton. Ooh, yeah. Renee Russo. Nah. Julia Roberts. Ooh, nah. Oh. Elizabeth Shue. Don't know that one. You don't know Elizabeth Shue? Give me something. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Nope. Ma- main actress. Uh, she is beautiful. Oh, she's also leaving Las Vegas. Ooh, no, I like that. Uh, <laughs> Claudia Wells. I actually don't know this one at all. I don't either. Angelica Houston. Uh, weird choice. Sounds of like a familiar name, but I can't That's picture That's from her. Life Aquatic, though. Life Aquatic. <laughs> Steve Zissou's wife. Yeah, Steve Zissou's oh, wife. Oh, no. I'm not in this. Amy Madigan. I don't know that one either. I don't know that one. Ali Sheedy. I don't know that one. Really? Breakfast Club. Yeah, and she's do. like in the Brat Pack. Really shitty actor. Uh, <laughs> uh, Molly, Molly Ringwald. I don't know that one. Oh, also, also you from say Breakfast Club. Get out of here, guys. Dude. Come on. Demi Moore. No. Demi? Demi's great. I mean, she's not a good actress, but she's great. She's really. Isn't it Demi? Quite something. I don't know. Uh, Sean, Sean Young. I don't know her. Uh, from Cutting Edge and The West Wing. 
never saw that. Okay. Uh, she's also, I think she would have been really good in this, actually. Uh, and Madeline Stowe. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. And then finally, Ed Harris. Yes. With yeah, I agree. Yes. Ed, I Ed Harris waiting. wins, right? I was waiting. Yep. <laughs> All right, that was that was our first ever lightning round because the sheer number of actors that were apparently considered for this movie was absurd. The but thing just, that shocks list, me the most list, still list. is John Goodman for Dennis Quaid's role. I think also Mel Gibson for uh, Martin Short's Martin role. That is weird. That's real strange. Mel Gibson yeah. for sure, sure for Dennis Quaid, but right. I'm also a little surprised uh, with Brahms' answers as a whole. Uh, I was upset and appalled by really? what he was doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, Patrick Swayze, you were like, no. I'm a no on that. Have you ever seen Roadhouse? <laughs> Get out of here. I have, but but no. He rips throats. I, he literally rips people's throats out. He's a hot shot if you've ever seen one. I don't he think is, he can be like an annoying character. Like, like I, Tuck? I feel like, yeah. Oh, well, you're you're, like, you're saying he's too, he's too handsome and charismatic. Y- yeah, okay. Yeah, like Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm going to finish up my part. That I want to sound very prepared. long. <laughs> <laughs> it was very long. Uh, so uh, we get a little phantom zone. I'm just going to do this real quick. Engage the phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. So the cowboy in this film is played by Robert Picardo. He's uh, a, a major part of Star Trek um, at one point. I know he, he was on it for years and years and years. Uh, and he plays the rabbi in Hal Caesar, which we've done before. And that features Dolph Lundgren um, as a Russian submarine captain. But actually, I'm just mentioning that for funsies because that's not the way we're going to use it. Instead, I'll use Michael Gambone. He was a narrator in Hal Caesar and go to the Life Aquatic where he was the funder. He was the guy who like funded all the movies. And from there, we can go to Jeff Goldblum and Independence Day, which features a submarine. And from there, we can go Bill Pullman to the 1991 com- comedy Going Under. From there, we can go to Ned Beatty. Uh, and we can jump to 1941, which features Dan Aykroyd, and he was in Pearl Harbor, and that features our boy, Billiam Fitchner, and I guess it's to Abyss. Or it's not to Abyss. <laughs> if only. No, I guess it's to Phantom. Yes, it does. Our boy, Ed Harris. Incredible. And it's rippling abs, and I'm just, you can just rub some grease on it, really. I was yeah. waiting for the word grease. No, I want to, I just want to, I want to be able to see my face in his abs. Yeah. All distorted because of how like ripply they are, but still, I can still recognize it's my face. It was really funny over the weekend, there was some uh, conversation, my mother-in-law was talking about some movie, and I pulled it up on IMDb, and she's listing off the people in it. I was like, oh, William Fickner, and he just looked at me like... Who are you? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Billy Fickner. It's our boy. If you showed him right. a picture, they definitely know who it was, though. For sure. Yeah. Anybody listening, you don't know who that is, watch any movie ever. Like Ali Sheedy. <laughs> <laughs> you know who Ali Sheedy is. I'm telling you. If you, you do not watch old films. Who are you talking to? You've never seen The Breakfast Club? He's, he's got to be talking to Zach. I've, I've seen oh, The me? Breakfast Club tons of times. No, no, I'm saying Brom just just hadn't said he made fun of like Ali Sheedy as being someone who people don't know, right? Uh-huh. Or did Zach say that? Anyways, I called cut, her. I called her a Sheedy actor. Zach said he didn't uh, know who it was. I don't we can know cut who all, it was. We're gonna cut all this out. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, get on that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> got a lot of time. I don't got a lot of time this week, guys. All right, it's time. It's it's sub 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 world. 
wide. As we continue, Submersible Month, which we actually had a submersible in the movie this month. It's pretty great. I decided to go with the DSV Alvin. DSV stands for Deep Submergence Vehicle. Guys? Yeah. Hello? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's a, <laughs> just want to see how long I could do that. Uh, it's a U.S. made submersible. It's owned and operated by the U.S. Navy out of Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. And we heard of them before. They were the ones who found that treasure down in South America. It's right near where I grew up. Woods South Hole. America? No, what's all? Oh, so this actually has two ties to you then. I was thinking about this. It was built by General Mills. It's out of Woods Hole, you know, where it's operated, but it was built in Minneapolis. Wow. It was commissioned on June 5th, 1964. This thing is old. And it was it's launched from the RV research vehicle, Atlantis. It's made over 4,400 dives. That's incredible. Holds three people, one pilot and two scientists. So if you, you're the pilot, obviously. Yeah. Who are your two scientists you've been with you? <sighs> well, you always say you don't want to go down in the subs with me. Not the first time. Yeah. We can I let, wouldn't uh, want to go down either. I'd want to come back up. Yeah. Right. It's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. <laughs> It's a very dry <laughs> night tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the hell is going on? Uh, it has a titanium sphere hull. It's two inches thick. So let's get into some of the specs on this thing. It is 23 foot, three inches long, 12 foot, two inches high, weighs 17 tons, can cruise along at two knots. Not going very fast. Has a range of 3.1 miles, an endurance of 72 hours, which that was kind of confusing to me because i thought yeah if it can go right if it can only go 3.1 miles you're getting there before 72 hours but the test depth for this was originally one or fourteen thousand eight hundred foot but after some upgrades done in recent years it can dive to twenty one thousand three hundred feet wow i think it was tested Upwards of 25,000 feet or something like that. Um, but so when it dives to the floor, it uses four 208-pound weights to drop rapidly. And then every time they're done with a dive, they just cut the weights off and leave them at the bottom of the ocean. <coughs> hmm. uh, it can switch out. It has these robotic arms on the front. It can switch them out um, for mission-specific things or different experiments. This thing's done some cool things and things that we've probably actually seen. So, we probably haven't seen this, but it was used to locate a hydrogen bomb that was lost by the Air Force near Spain, and it was able to find it resting at nearly 3,000 foot below the surface, and it was able to bring it up totally intact. How, how did they lose it? I was going to say, it just gave me a huge amount of confidence. Uh, there yeah, was, we lost this hydrogen bomb. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't I know, there, there was one still missing accident. off? Isn't there one still missing, like, near North Carolina or South Carolina or someplace around there? I think there, yeah, Eric was mentioning that in our interview the other week. There's supposed to be one somewhere around there, which is not comforting. Cool. Uh, during a different dive, the Alvin was actually attacked by a swordfish. Wow. And it became trapped. It has some kind of outer skin, and it got trapped in there. And they 
had to do like an emergency procedure uh, surface, go up to the top, and the swordfish was still attached. And when they got up to the top, the people on the boat were able to retrieve the fish and they ate it for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty fun. And this thing actually sank at one point. It was being lowered off of a boat and the cable that was lowering it snapped and dropped the thing into the water. And this has a unique sort of door. It's like a pressure hatch is what it uh, was referred to. And so it's held shut by the pressure underwater which to me seems odd. I'm like, how do you how do you even get in the water in the first place? And there's not enough atmospheric pressure up top to keep it closed. But that was open. Whole thing sank. There were three people inside it. They were wow. able to escape. Wow. But this thing sank down to 5,000 foot, and that was in 1968. They were actually able to rescue it a year later with the Illuminat, which I like that name. The Illuminati? Well, it's just called the Illum, like uh. Illuminate, eh, Aluminum. Yeah, Illuminat. Yeah. When it was raised, it was towed back to Woodhole. Woods Hole. Woods Hole. Like sorry. Like saying like Oak Bluffs or oh, Oak's Bluff. Oh, okay. Like an idiot. Yeah, whatever. I've never been out there. And uh, But it was submerged about 40 foot deep, and they could only cruise at two knots. And this is 130 miles away from where it sank, so it's a long trip. But in recent years, it's done some pretty cool things. It sampled what are known as black smokers. And these mm-hmm. are v- deep sea vents yep. that emit a strong black sm- or strong flow of black smoky water that's 752 degrees, so it's really hot. And the uh, pH on the water coming out of there was 2.8. And here's what we probably would know it from. It is taking a bunch of photos of the wreckage of the Titanic, and National Geographic paid for that. And then it also explored the USS Scorpion, which is a skipjack sub. With nuclear torpedoes. Well, there we go. That's subs worldwide. I like that one. That was fun. Yeah. All right, Mustard Man. It's been a minute, and we've missed our news anchor. You got anything good? You guys think I was actually looking up news? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you've been doing for the past seven weeks, right? You've been on location reporting. There's only... One really good thing that's in the uh, in the world of submersibles right now, um, and it's really a sad situation because it's all these kids that are stuck in the uh, what is it the Philippines? I think that's Thailand. I guess, it's like it's Thailand, the soccer yeah. team in the cave. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Elon Musk. He's out there trying to help them, and he's got a little sub submersible that he's sending out there to try to help them. Now, I don't know if they're actually going to use it because I think as of today, they already rescued like six or eight of the kids that are still in eight. there. Yeah. I think they've, I've, they rescued four yesterday and four today or something. Yeah. I think that's right. So I just know that he was out there and he put this all over his Twitter of his little submersible that they rigged up down in the bottom of a pool, testing it out to see if this is even something that could help move these kids. And I'm unsure, but it looks like they put the kid in the tube and then the two divers just carry the tube from point A to point B while they're still diving. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty cool uh, that he's trying to get involved with other world matters instead of just digging holes and shooting stuff up into space and making cars that drive by themselves or whatever. Um, She's under the bed now. What? She was sitting in the back there and she was kind of like hugging uh, okay. the, the guitar. Anyways, uh, this is <laughs> That's pretty much all I really got. There's not a lot of submersible news going on right now. Well, you got that. Yeah, it says on his Twitter that it's made of rocket parts and named the wild boar. 
Well, after the soccer team. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, also, in 40 minutes, President Trump's announcing his Supreme Court nominee. I don't know if you guys care about that or not. But I heard indeed that he's going to be nominating a submarine. So I'd hope so. Yeah. It's going to be uh, just a full length submarine, not a submersible, but a submarine will now sit on the Supreme Court. <laughs> be cool. <laughs> that should just replace everyone who's submarines. Well, they're going to the hearing. It's going to crush the rest of the, the justices. So it will oh. only be the only Supreme Court justice by the end of it. Yeah. Is it, would that be considered like an above water crush depth kind of situation? <laughs> What's a human crush depth? <laughs> <Ayo. laughs> All right. So, Brom, do you got a countdown for us? Or are you busy with your cat? Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. I'm sorry. I, I thought I had my mic muted and then I came back and I'm like, oh, well, shit. Uh, I do have a countdown. I'm not busy with the cat. The cat is being... Uh, Top five moments I was playing <laughs> with my cat. <laughs> she was like climbing my guitar and uh, just kind of got stuck up there. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, you got to believe us. It was real, real hilarious. Why yes. have you not played guitar on the podcast yet? Uh, actually the, I don't know what's wrong with it, but if I plug it into an amp or something, uh, it, it doesn't actually, um, generate any sound. If I plug it into a tuner, anything like that, long story, but it, it's broken. <laughs> it's, it's probably cause you have a cat on it. Yeah. Uh, it could be. The cat may have ruined it at some point, but yes, I do have a countdown. So we've, uh, spent over half a year together already. Wow. We've had highs, we've had lows. Like tonight. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are on a submarine after all, you know, so we've, we've been down to crush depth even. We voted and we named this here vessel the USS Wet Floater. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've watched and reviewed 26 films now. We've interviewed U.S. submariners, and we've even been followed on Twitter by the director of The Fast and the Furious. But the time is nearly upon us for a new regime. I'm talking about World War Brom. Oh my God! Here it is. <laughs> I'm tired of being stuck in torpedo tubes. You have no I idea. Have done it. I'm sorry, guys. It's a breaking point. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm capable of. And as such, tonight my countdown features my top five plans and strategies for your demise that oh, I've shit. scrapped because they are not sinister enough. Whoa! <laughs> you will be quivering in your rain boots by the time I reach the end. This is dark. I like this it. Is very dark. So dark, number five, get your kids away from the headset if they're listening on, on, the, <laughs> on the podcast right now. Number five is Project Cat Bomb. This is a strategy I mauled over for quite some time and involved infiltrating the sub while everyone is on shore leave. And I would sneak aboard with a box containing eight cats in the midst of late-term pregnancy. The cats wow. would give birth and make a mess all over everything. <laughs> We're talking about placentas blown out in every corner of the sub and close to a hundred kittens running rampant when the crew returned. The kittens would establish a new world order aboard the USS wet floater and there I would be with cans of tuna ready to win their affection. Uh, jokes on you. I never take shore leave. <laughs> oh, that's why I scrapped it. <laughs> When everyone else is gone, I break open that grease, strip down, and I am stark naked, glistening, ready for you to sneak on with those cats. Uh, I'm, I'm taking notes. 
Right. <laughs> Number four, Operation Final Blow. Inspired by the events of and the discussion of Fantastic Voyage, I would mm-hmm. lace blow darts with miniaturized submarines. Oh, shit. I would fire these blow darts into any crew members that don't peaceably surrender the wet floater to me. After precisely 60 minutes, the submarines would grow to their normal sizes inside of your bloodstreams, and your bodies would be rended into pieces by the burgeoning sea crafts. I like that. We one. have to be careful what we talk about on this podcast because <laughs> that was like, yeah, directly idea. straight from our discussion. So yeah. to be careful. Yeah. He's, he has taken notes. You, you, guys, you guys give me ideas every minute. Especially when I'm sitting in, in that torpedo tube with nothing to do. That's true. <laughs> it's a very boring <laughs> torpedo tube. Just got basic cable. It doesn't even have Netflix. Number three, reach for the stars. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Number three, reach for the stars. With this project, I would methodically steal your identities and register you for the newest branch of the U.S. Armed Services, the oh, Space no. Force. When you are determined to be delinquent for boot camp, the full power of the U.S. military would come and forcibly collect you to serve our country to infinity and beyond. That's when I'd make my move. <laughs> Whew, that one is you really thought of that things. one's real dark because <laughs> that's like a lot of planning and. Yeah. Stealing my identity, and I got to say, I don't. I probably don't do enough uh, work to make sure that's not stolen. You can probably yeah. pretty easily steal it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's also a very topical current event. Space mostly force. makes yeah. you wonder if he's got it already. Because I think it's almost every, probably every other episode, I say my full social security number on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I read my credit card information right at the beginning of this. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Number two, Operation Salty Sailors. When you least expect it, I will loosen the caps on all the salt shakers in the mess hall. The next time you would sprinkle a little salt on dinner, you would pour out the entire dispenser and ruin your meal. You would spitefully devour your food anyway and heighten your blood pressure. Your weakened hearts would not be able to manage the stress of a hostile takeover, so you would surrender on the spot. And that, that, that might be my favorite one yeah. so far. If, if that one, if that one doesn't work, at least you have like kind of a long con going because the idea would be eventually we'd all die earlier than you, anyways. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, I'm banking on it anyway. Yeah, that Number one is that one's real. <laughs> that, that's real sinister. Number one, Project Floppy Dinner Roll. Mm. While in dry dock, I would begin advertising a free Limp Biscuit concert to take place aboard the wet floater. <laughs> oh shit. When the crowds of rabid biscuit fans arrived and learned the concert was fake, I would lead the riotous mob in filing a class action lawsuit against you for conspiracy to commit fraud. As restitution, we would demand the USS wet floater be handed over to us with me as the new El Capitan. And that, if that doesn't leave you shaking, I don't know what will. (laughs) Jesus. Beautiful. Goodness. Some scary stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, amazing. that's it. Let's, uh, let's turn it over to something a little more uh, enlightening. <laughs> so you were saying Limp Biscuit though, and not uh, Limpet, right? And rabid Limpet it. fans? Not, it's not, not, not just Zach coming over? And I, would, I wouldn't want to be piloting a crew of people that enjoyed that movie. I'd have a good time there. Wasn't there, a, wasn't there a Limp Biscuit concert out of Dayton a couple years ago on April 20th? <laughs> <laughs> a gas that, station, that I think, inspired right? me. <laughs> Sunoco. <laughs> they, they, they got dredged up again. It's the uh, Now they're talking about hosting the um, 
total solar eclipse the next one in like 2022 at the gas station at wayne the sunoco on wayne did we lose kyle yeah we had a little bit of technical difficulties for a second yeah it sounded like a starship shutting down did you guys lose that cat oh climbing on our guitars put one in my house start of it's start of the plan I won't own up to it on a podcast. I can neither confirm nor deny. All right. All right. All right. Let's finish it up with our favorite. That is your full name, right? You're not just, it's not just Zach. It's Zachary. Yes. Zachary. Zachary. Is Zachary. Oh, sorry, Zachary. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, you got some, you got some facts for us? Zachariah Fackerias. <laughs> <laughs> Do 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 Zach Fax, it's Zach Fax. When you're going down, get some Zach Fax. When you're going down, whoa, boys, though, I got some facts for you, all you fact facking fact fuckers out there. Um, inner space, I got five facts for all you fact heads. Number one, Dennis Quaid took prescription. Rufalin for this role so he would appear more natural. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. He did look pretty natural. He looked pretty chill in that sub. Yeah. Martin Short was never given a script and secret cameras were set up around his everyday life for his scenes. Hmm. <laughs> this is like a, a Truman Show type yeah. operation. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a candy camera type thing. But did they actually have, uh, was Dennis Quaid inside him? That is not on my fact list. Oh, okay. Because it's top secret. Fact number three, Interspace came out in 1987, which was one year before 1988. <laughs> uh, that sounds like just a regular fact. <laughs> not to say that the other facts are somehow not regular facts, but that does sound like a fact. I That one I think I have to believe. In 1988, came before 2016. Wait, what? <laughs> A year before 1964. What? Fact number four, Meg Ryan lost 68 pounds for this role, Jesus. but quickly <laughs> gained it back for when Harry met Sally. Well, I can still hear you. Just keep going without him. All right, that's fine. We got one more fact anyways. <laughs> like, We're here. Uh, We're uh, here. Uh, we can okay. hear you. <laughs> uh, last fact of the day, there was a canceled sequel, which had the title Interspace 2, Rectum Rising. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Now that is a movie. It's <laughs> not, not even that un- unbelievable. So say Fantastic Voyage's sequel was Fantastic Voyage <laughs> 2, Destination Brain, which sounds like someone made it up as like a joke. <laughs> Rectum Rising? Uh, that sounds a little, real. A little more absurd, I guess. <laughs> and there you go. That's it. Wow. Destination Poop Factory. You could even do it as a... Uh, Let's say like a VIP has colon cancer or something. They got to make a kind of fantastic voyage, laser it out. Or someone's like <laughs> super duper constipated. and so, Oh, you got to break up the poop wall. Mm-hmm. But then when they break it out, uh-oh, you know what happens next? <laughs> Episode three, the blowout. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, then it's voyage through the sewer system. <laughs> it's very informative. Mm-hmm. I this will. is how the municipal water system works. <laughs> I do want to say before we wrap this up, I really enjoyed listening to the interview that you had with Eric Moreno. So if any listeners are 
you know, jumping around episode to episode, definitely check out episode 25. That was a really interesting interview at the end of that, talking about uh, some of these weapons and, and uh, stuff I've never even heard of, but uh, pretty pretty spooky stuff. It was fun to listen to, though. Yeah. You're talking about the interview? Because we 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 we, yeah, uh, we jumped out of <laughs> we didn't heard nothing you said yes um, but I oh, guess okay I, I was just giving Kyle a glowing review for the interview well it's a good thing Eric we didn't Marino. hear it because we don't get his ego too big we don't want his, his head can't inflate too much <laughs> and fill up the submarine okay I know it'd be depressing so you're a piece of shit Kyle okay thanks yeah you suck. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't get enough of us? Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, please go ahead and give us a rating. 